Let's go back to cricket was. Yes. Oh, what a fantastic, well, two months it was over in India. It started off shaky, uh, but the, the sea was just calm after that. And they didn't look worried at all in that final. 130,000 Indians yelling at them and all that sort of stuff didn't put them off. Set up. Paddy Cummins and the boys. Set up uh, in the field. and Oh, magnificent. Just, it was a beautiful game of cricket. To talk to us all about it. Uh, hey. He's been in the pressure cooker many times before. He's the greatest fast bowler Australia's produced. He played 38 one-dayers and took well in those 38 one-dayers, 46 wickets. And that's our great mate, Mike Whitney. G'day, Mike. Hey Jack, hey was Dirk K. Right. Lily would probably argue about the greatest fast bowler. <laughs> well, he doesn't come on our show, so he's in. <laughs> he bowls with the wrong Good hand, mate. Boys. <laughs> Great to chat, mate. Tell us, uh, well, um, the, on the weekend, Sunday night. Uh, I don't know how much sleep you got on on Sunday night, but gee, what a what a win! Well, to be honest with you, I'm glad it's over because I was getting sleep deprived. I got. Usually those tournaments sort of go a bit too long for me, but I got really engaged with it. I watched every game Australia played and, and then some of the other really big games. I watched a lot of India as well, a lot of Afghanistan. They were exciting. But, yeah, the other night, wow. I mean, look, Paddy Cummins said before the game it would be nice to try and silence the crowd. I can't imagine what it, what it would be like to be in an arena and win a World Cup and no one except the 400 Aussies that are there. There's no 400 Aussies? No one else, no one else, no one <laughs> applauded. I actually had a mate ring me up when Virat Kohli got out and he doesn't watch a lot of cricket and he goes, I'm watching the cricket and Virat's just got out and it like went silent. I went, mm. that happens every time he gets out <laughs> and Sachin in the old days and stuff like that. But it, that was extraordinary to me. But the boys were just on fire from... Ball won from the toss and criticised for sending them in, but it was a perfect decision. The boys bowled unbelievable. You know, Pat Cummins just stepped up as well because I'd found it very difficult watching him go for 10 and over mm. during the whole tournament. I mean, he bowled pretty well, but they got into him a few times and he was trying different things. Well, the other night he was just right on point. His field placings were on point. His rotation of bowling was on point. Had spoken about the matchups, how they were going to bowl to everybody. I mean, India hardly hit a boundary in the second half of their innings. I mean, it was extraordinary. And then, then we come out, all guns are blazing. We lose a couple of wickets. Steve Smith's not out, uh, and then <laughs> Travis Head and Marnus Lovershane. Wow, Travis Head. Wow. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And then the worst presentation of all time. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? <laughs> the worst presentation. This is a World Cup final. In India, they leave Pat Cummins standing up on stage with no one. Mind you, you're standing up stage as the cat on the stage as the captain with the World Cup. You're the only one up there. That's not a bad moment, really. But how bizarre was that? I've watched it a few times now. I saw it live, and I re-googled the thing a couple of times and just thought, I think they were just all geared up for India to win. And when India didn't win, no didn't one know what to do. No one knew what to do. <laughs> and, Mike, and Mike, for celebrations wise, I believe it's a dry state over there where they were playing. <laughs> How would you I, cut? I think you can sign in to the bar hotel and say you're an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had to do that in Hyderabad a couple of times when I was over there a few years ago to, just to go into the bar, even if you want a lime and soda. Really? You've got to write, yeah, you've got to write this declaration to say you're an alco, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all the boys would have done that the other night. Travis Head still, he signed his third one, I think. Travis, dude. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh. But what an innings, what an innings. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and look, he's 100 against New Zealand. Was that his first game back? Yep, yep. that was extraordinary. The catch he took. He's fielding. Yeah. I mean, that catch, you know, that's a tough catch playing in the backyard, let alone in a World Cup final mm. with 130,000 dudes screaming for you to drop it. It's row it, you know. <laughs> and then I thought about row it after the game thinking, you know, he's just such a great player, but he's got to live with the fact that he captained the side that lost the World Cup final at the Narendra Modi, named after their Prime Minister Stadium, who was there. <laughs> to watch the defeat, and they all just walked out <laughs> when India lost. It was bizarre. It was one of the most amazing games I've ever watched, and the aftermath of it was just absolutely bizarre. And India will be in depression <laughs> for the next month at least. What about when Virat Kohli got named player of the series? He just couldn't even look at, at any of the guys on the stage and... Sachin's up there, sort of half looked at Sachin, long face, no smile. But how how else would you feel? Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. Well, well, Mike, you should you should know how the opposition feels when they're when they're beaten and you know, and you've put them into depressing depressing mode. I, I did talk to you off air. We, I, I watched some highlights. I don't normally do research for the show, but I did watch your uh, the the first thing that comes up on YouTube about your sporting and cricket career is is your batting. Uh, when you uh, faced out uh, Richard Hadley to draw the famous test over in New Zealand. Uh, and no, uh, the MCG. Oh, yeah, it was the, the draw MCG, for the win. yeah, Boxing Day test, 1987. How, um, yeah, 1987. How, how, how does Richard feel about that? <laughs> He's still depressed. <laughs> <laughs> he, I've done a couple of gigs over the years with, um, and he's Sir Richard now, as you know, but he's a good guy, Rich. We're very good friends. Uh, and he's been asked about it, and he's said every single time, the worst moment in my test career, I couldn't bowl New Zealand to a win, and I was bowling against Craig McDermott and Mike Whitney, you know, average of six, um, and he was one of the greats of all time. And I asked him at one of these functions, are you serious about that? He went, yeah. Because, of course, it's one of the greatest moments in my career, yes. and it's the worst moment in his career. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's never gotten over it. <laughs> and they were going to win that test, like India were all primed to win the other night. Long faces. The bigger advantage that the boys have got over that part is that they beat India on their own dung heap. Mm -hmm. And to do that, to beat someone in, on their home ground in a final, that's like winning the Ashes in England. You know, it means it's good to win at home, but when you win away, oh, it just adds a few more beers <laughs> <laughs> onto the celebrations. Let me tell you, it's just ginormous. The well, boys, yeah. they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they was, it would still be sinking in with them. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, this is a silly yeah. thing. This weekend they start a T20 tournament against India as well. I mean, well, do you reckon they're looking, do you reckon Travis is looking forward to going out and batting tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> 
Surely they've got to give him that game off. Surely. You think so. <laughs> Mate, he would have had 37,000 beers. He's trying to knock Bernie off the top of the heap, isn't he? Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, Good luck. Be. Well, where do, you, where do you rank this Australian team, Mike, of all the great ones we, that, we've, that we've witnessed in uh, probably since your time playing? Uh, they've been, um, you know, very special. But where, where does this one rank? Well, you're right. I mean, Jack, you know, the back end of Alan Border's career was amazing. Uh, Tubby Taylor, Steve Waugh, wow, you know, Ricky Ponning, Michael Clark, all excellent, excellent captains, all with very, very good records. Steve Waugh's record is amazing. You know, Pat's, well, I can't say he's fine in his way now. Have a look what they've done in the last sort of six months, 12, what, eight, nine, ten months. They won the world... Test Championship, which was just before the Ashes. They retained the Ashes, and now they've won the World Cup 50-over competition. It's not bad in a year. I mean, if anybody criticises Pat Cummings or anybody in that side, any of the selections now, they're kidding themselves. It's all about winning. That's why you play at that level um, to win and to play against the best competition and to test yourself against the best competition to see if you can cut the mustard or not. And there's a great rotation in that team and they've sort of held on to the squad as well. Steinis has played a few games, these other guys, you know, and they've done very well, mate. Like, that is a fantastic sort of 12 months just all put together there. They'd be very, very happy with that. And you've got uh, BBL coming up. Who, who are you affiliated with the BBL, if anyone? You've got two teams up there. Never really had a... a I've never been asked to be affiliated with a side, but being an eastern suburbs born and bred person, I'm more of a sort of Sydney Sixers dude. Oh, right. Mm. So, so not Chris Green's uh, Thunder then? Oh. No, they're sort of Western Sydney. No, yes. Well, we, we had actual, I mean... We, yeah, we, they're, they're out the Westies. Yeah, we yeah. don't go out. We, we Anything had, west of Anzac Parade's out west for me. I'm on the beach side, yeah. Well, we had Chris uh, on our show last week, Mike. Um, and, oh, uh, yeah. Nice girl, really good, good player. Good player. Captain of the Thunder this year, actually. Um, yeah, and yeah. I was asked a very interesting question of him. We speak to Mike Whitney a little bit, and he mentioned that maybe some of the older guys from his era or even... Uh, a bit younger than him as well. We're going to head down there to to get back involved. Have you seen a few of the old guys hanging around? Yeah, I was overseas um, playing some T20 cricket, but um, a couple of the ex-players have come in through pre-season, so I only got a handful of them. But I heard um, Mike Whitney gave a very, very passionate talk about what it means to play for New South Wales, and I say very, very passionate, very, very... Uh, lightly, but no, it was, um, it was it was very enjoyed by the boys, and uh, I think it's just important to sort of see what it means um, for all players and what it's like to play for New South Wales and be a part of that setup. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from what I heard from everyone of all the guys that I miss coming in, it's been very much appreciated and sort of brought everyone closer and established that connection with past and, and current players. Tell us what you said. <laughs> Uh, I got an opportunity to mentor a city team. It was a city versus country trial, and Jeff Lawson mentored the countryside. So it was me in the dressing room with the city boys, and 
and I just told them, you know, what 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 I got told basically when I was starting to come through the ranks, and even for the senior players there, I'm you're a custodian of that position. You're playing for the guys that came before you, and you're setting it up for the people that come after you, and you need to leave the place in a better better position than when you turned up. That's your whole goal. And in the meantime, scoring runs and wickets. With there was a lot of things that I said to them that I can't say to you on the radio because <laughs> it was <laughs> it was pretty lively. But at that stage, which was at the start of the season, we hadn't won a game in the Sheffield Shield. And even though this was a 50-over match, I talked to them about first-class cricket and, and saying you need to learn how to bat all day. It, it seems to me now that a lot of the young players, you bowl three or four maidens to them and they just got to think they've got to play a shot where... In my day, guys could bat two days and not feel bad about that. Like, you got to bat, you know, you're playing shield cricket, you got to bat all day, bowl all day, field all day, and maybe do that for a session or two sessions the next day, depending on where you're playing. So I told them how we did that and the things that I was told that New South Wales, in our view, is the greatest state, province, or county in the history of cricket anywhere in the world. Why do we think that? Well, we've won the most shields by any by 20, I think, of anywhere else. Most test players, most test captains. Uh, the Don is from New South Wales, you know. I mean, it looked, Victoria, every other state's had an amazing array of test players, but that's just how we feel about who we are and what we've achieved in the life cycle of cricket New South Wales. And not to win a game... In the previous season, heard a lot of the a lot of the ex players. We just couldn't believe it. So I went in there and told them how we played the game and how we won the game and how we used to be able to put the sword right into their heart. And you've got to learn how to win. And losing can become as much as of a habit as winning can be. And the city guys went out there and won that game against the country boys. <laughs> <laughs> so I was stoked. <laughs> And, and New South Wales did win a Shield game, so that's, that's also a bit of a bonus too. Well, we won one, yes, against Western Australia at the SCG. I also yeah. mentioned to them that that was our spiritual home and fortress and we can't be losing games there, but we've just lost another game against Tassie. So it's nice to win one, but that's only a start. The boys would have been very happy about that because I think that was our 16th game without a win. So we're back into the losing streak now, which I hope is only for that one game. Right. Who, who else has come down and had a chat to the boys? Oh, Henry's had a word. Uh, I think Brad McNamara's been out there. I'm not sure whether Stephen's been out there, but that was talked about. I think there's been a few. Right, and we, 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 a few really passionate ex-blue bags. Well, was better. there's one that we spoke to a couple of weeks ago, thanks to your help, Mike, uh, and that was Bevan, um, Michael Bevan. Uh, has, has he had a chance to chat to him, or what's the story there? I think they've asked Bev to go out and help with some batting, but I'm not sure. In fact, I know they haven't been back to him yet, so I hope they get back to him soon, because I know that Bevo said he'd be happy to go out there and and help anybody with their batting. And I played oh, a lot of cricket with Michael Bevan, and he's one of the best of all time in any form of the game. Uh, that guy was just amazing, and I really do hope that they don't <laughs> neglect the fact that he said he'd go out there and help them because um, if you've got Michael Bevan in your back pocket looking at how you bat, 
technically he was perfect. He mm. was such an innovator as well. Very Dean Jonesy, you know, in the one-day games, could hit the ball to where people just couldn't put fielders. Unbelievable runner between the wickets, like a gazelle in the field. Um, amazing player. So, yeah, I hope they give him a call because uh, that would be very handy to some of the boys. And Bevo could bat all day. If Bevo batted all day, he got 200. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, now, Michael, I always ask, how how are the knees? You've come back well and are you on the golf course yet or are you still uh, just fronting the band and uh, just yeah. waiting for some more sunshine to get out on the, on the golf course? Yeah, the knees, it's been about 15 months now, was, and I thought I'd be a little further ahead, but I'm seeing an exercise physiologist type bloke at the moment and he reckons I'm going really well. So I've got back onto the golf course. Nice. I've played... Uh, Started playing just nine holes with a cart. I'm up to 18 now, and, yeah, need a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all, yeah. I actually played the other day with Alex Ross, oh. who has moved up from Adelaide to live in Sydney, yep. and he plays for the Thunder as well, yep. um, and he's playing for our club. Daniel Sams, yes. who's played for our club for the last 10 years, and he's about to go on the world trip of... T20, but his uh, older brother, Anthony Sams, is our first grade wicketkeeper and batsman, opening batsman, fabulous player. I played uh, 18 holes with them last week, and boy, they're really good. (laughs) 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 They were really good, and only that I'm the president of the club, I think I got a a lot of leeway. A couple of times they said, yeah, just play it from there, widow, and make sure it's all right. It was about five clubs away from where it went into the rough, yeah. Yeah, just put it on that good bit of grass there, mate, and have a good attempt at the green. So I was very grateful. But they're just amazing young athletes. And, you know, Daniel Sams is just a very, very good cricketer. His brother's extraordinary. And and Alex Ross, the sweepologist, what a bonus he is uh, having him in our first grade at the moment before the BBL. Oh, must be. Your first grade must be going all right. Uh, Yeah, we're going okay in first grade. We've got a very strong lower grades, need to win a few more games, but it's been a good start to the season, basically. Our first grade won the T20 um, Kingsgrove Sports T20 Cup a couple of weeks ago, so that's a great start for the club, putting a bit of silverware in the trophy uh, in the cupboard early, which is great. Very nice. Speaking of your club, uh, Davey Warner, I mean, you must be pleased with his World Cup and his form at the moment. it's um, it's extraordinary, and it looks like he's going to go end up in uh, the Sydney Test. Yeah, and he's such a tough dude. You know, I've known him since he was a kid, and every time the press comes out and says, "Oh, he's hard, whatever," and he's got to do this, and it's over, he just knuckles down and trains harder and comes back out. You know, and there was a question mark over him after the Ashes. Uh, you know, that worked out how to get him out going around the wicket and bowling that sort of banana ball away from him. Broad had perfected that and every credit to him for doing it. But, you know, David played fantastic in the World Cup and really, really led the way. So fit, you know, I think he's 36 or 37 now. He's like a rabbit across the, the ground. His fielding's fantastic. He's, you know, always encouraging, always on point. And he's batting... Some of the innings he played were excellent, excellent, excellent innings for the moments that they needed to be in the position that the game was. So, yeah, look, everybody's really excited at our club because, as you know, David's a member of the Randwick Pudish and Cricket Club that he should, you know, um, play that game in Sydney and 
and have a great send-off from the, the Sydney crowd, his home crowd, which would be absolutely fantastic. And the end of a extraordinary career in, you know, 50, 100 years' time, people will look at his record and go, wow, he must have been a good player across all three forms of the game because his record's just amazing. It is. Has mm. he officially called it? I mean, I, I, mean, I know he, he wants to, but there might be even thought that he keeps going. Well, I think he's. A, I think he's already said he wants to retire. Oh, he does, right? Yeah. From international cricket, but you'd expect he, you know, if he's still fit enough to play T Twenty cricket, he'd play in the BBL and maybe uh, two or three of the other twenty-five tournaments that are now <laughs> existing around the, the globe, which is amazing. You know, the one in America is up and running. I've got a mate here, Peter Devlin, who is the curator at North Sydney Able. They're asking him to go to America to look at drop-in wickets at the grounds and all this sort of stuff. I mean, it's just taking off T20, amazing, and good luck to the boys, you know, go and get it while you can. Yes, uh, we've got listeners all over Australia, so I've no doubt there's some in Sydney. Where can we see the Mike Whitney Band or Aussie Icons performing next, Mike? Mike Whitney, yeah, the Aussie Icons. We're not the Mike Whitney Band, thankfully, anymore. <laughs> that was a bit embarrassing. I was the worst musician out of the five blokes on stage. It was my night. Um, we're playing at the Illawarra Yacht Club this Friday, uh, which is just down the coast near Wollongong, a couple of hours south. So that'll be good. I'll drive down and visit my sister. She lives down there on Friday lunchtime and then back up to uh, Wollongong for that gig. And then a couple, I think there's one at the Bayview at Gladesville, a bit closer to Christmas, and uh, we generally play there. Me and Wayne Pierce, the ex-rugby league legend. <laughs> nice. We do a duet that night, and uh, Junior Pierce is a pretty funny bloke. So, yeah, a couple of gigs on. I can't remember the other ones. I think there's two or three more before Christmas. But the band's going well, and everybody's on point. We played at South Junior's. Um, which is just up the road from me a couple of weeks ago. And, yeah, half the room were old mates of mine from school. It was crazy. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Brilliant. They are all pissed rotten as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. You've also got merch available for the Aussie Icon. So if you go to their Facebook page or website or whatever you've got there, Mike, uh, you get some merch. But you haven't sent us any, so we're still no, waiting we'll on that. On. It's a Christmas oh, present. Oh, Jesus, aren't bad. I'll have to look into that now. Hey, <laughs> when, I remember when the band manager, who also plays keyboards and guitar and sings, he does it all. He said, "I'm going to organise some merch." I started laughing. I thought he was kidding, but no, there's mer- there's merch there. <laughs> I think there's a I think there's a beer can holder in yeah, there. Stubby holder, stubby holder, and a. <laughs> Curly head week. A couple of t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can get you boys. No dramas. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, Mike, we'll leave it there. We've, you've given us far too much of your time. Thank you uh, for joining us tonight um, and reminiscing in Australia's great ODI win. So uh, we'll, we'll talk throughout the summer, mate. Uh, good on you, Jack. Thanks, Was. It was an absolute win for the ages, mate. Absolutely <laughs> sensational. Lovely to talk to you, brothers. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Mike. Mate. Catch you soon, mate. Oh, fantastic. Mike Whitney there, former Australian <laughs> fast bowler. Again, we could talk uh, to him forever.